May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So today's lessons give us a plethora of topics to choose from, don't they? In the Old Testament reading, we have the charge to follow God's word, even when we don't really want to or to understand why. In the epistle reading, we have St. Paul telling us that single people have less demands on their time and attention, and so can give more of that time and attention to God in the way they live their lives, whereas family men and women have the family given to them by God to look after, too, as part of being his children. And a reminder, of course, especially in those situations, to always put God first, regardless. We have the famous gospel lesson that talks about the fishermen becoming fishers of men. What to choose? What to choose? But what's this? The first couple verses of our gospel reading for today don't talk about fishing. They come into play even before Simon, Andrew, and the sons of Zebedee. That's John and James, by the way. Even come into the picture. Reading that verse a couple of times, as well as the story in Jonah, I started thinking, well, I started thinking about recycling. Now, as an old-school Lutheran who really doesn't like change too much, it came as an encouragement to me to know that today's green world mentality to uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle isn't a new phenomenon at all. One look at the Old Testament lesson and also the gospel lesson for today show us that this has been happening for thousands of years. God is into recycling. Obviously, I'm not talking about fast food wrappers, Pepsi cans, and newspapers, but the three R's are there nonetheless. Repent, return, and repeat. That's right. Repent, return, and repeat. God isn't recycling stuff. He's recycling us. So first comes repentance. Now, did you catch that first command in the entire gospel of Mark given by Jesus was in today's gospel lesson? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The key to this whole recycling program is that the individual that God is working on actually sees a need to change. The gospel, the good news, is of no value unless the sinner realizes he needs it. Unless he repents and turns to the gospel from what they had been doing before. But all that being said, the whole idea of repentance has pretty much well, been forgotten by many of the churches today. Mostly because it's not something that can happen in just under an hour. And so it's just not often talked about. But the truth is that the heart of forgiveness is repentance. Without the deep-rooted desire to be washed clean and the turning away from the sin in question, what are you really asking God for when you ask for forgiveness? The fear and the problem with many who do still talk about repentance is that they get the word mixed up with the word penance, which basically means to do something to show that you're sorry. Well, the problem is that repentance is not the same thing. As it isn't so much something you do, okay, well, it is something you do, but it's not something you do. It's an act of faith. The same faith given to you and executed in you by the Holy Spirit. The act of repentance is an acknowledgement that what you did was sinful. And the deep desire 
not to ever repeat that action. Are you going to be able to leave it behind? Maybe, probably not. But that's not the point of repentance. The point is that you truly wish you could. Giving a nod to God and saying, oops, shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Well, that's not repentance. That might be agreeing that what you did was wrong in the eyes of God, but in no way does it show that you thought it was wrong in your own eyes as well. On the contrary, it seems more like you were sorry you got caught instead of sorry you did it. A distinction I know that all of you parents out there today can understand perfectly. The desire can only come from the Holy Spirit living inside the healthy Christian and working in them the gift of faith. The Spirit knows the things that you do that aren't right. He's constantly trying to get you to stop doing them. And every so often, we actually hear his voice telling us this. The secular world will call it your your guilty conscience or regret. But the truth is that we as human beings don't actually have that sense of regret without God's work in our lives. As scripture plainly tells us, we are by nature sinful and unclean. And so anything that happens inside of us against that nature is the work of God in and on you. He is the one who brings us to repentance, and he alone makes that repentance possible. And so, what is repentance actually? To repent means to feel such sorrow for sin or fault as to be disposed to change one's life for the better. So says the dictionary. To change one's life for the better. How many of us can truly say, truly say, that when we approach God asking for forgiveness for our actions, that we are truly feeling the desire to change our lives, to reflect the fact that we no longer want to commit that specific sin. If the sin you bring before him is lashing out at your children or wife, verbally or otherwise, have you taken steps to deal with avoiding doing that in the future? Anger management, a Bible study on patience and calm, talk to your therapist or even a close trusted friend for ideas. If the sin you're bringing before him is the sin of missing worship, are you actually trying to rectify that in your life? Are you setting additional alarms or not making plans late into the night the night before so that you can make it there the next morning? What about lying or gossiping? Did you afterwards confess that you had lied or gossiped to the party hurt or involved? Did you do anything different in your day-to-day dealings with that person that you lied to or, or talked about on a regular basis? How about adultery? We talked a bit about that last week, didn't we? Do scandalous pictures get your mind racing? Have you avoided magazines and movies you know have those things in them? Have you put safety locks on your internet to help avoid accidentally stumbling across them? Do you avoid areas like beaches, public pools, where that type of garment is prevalent? The odds are most of us would answer no. Oh sure, many of us may have made a token effort for a little while, but that's not really what repentance is supposed to be. Repentance, what God has called you to, is life-changing. That is the first step. So how do we go about it? Well, we return to God. That's the second R. So repent, return. It's all well and good to say you're changing for God. You can say the words, even do the actions, but unless you actually truly return to the Lord, it's It will all be shallow and temporary. To fully return is to immerse yourself in him, not just Saturday worship, but also daily Bible readings and prayer and devotions. 
not just paying lip service to the law, but actually striving in your life to fulfill it, even when you know you can't. To actually live your life as a Christian seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and not just for a couple of hours every other Saturday morning. Unfortunately, we all know how good we are at doing that. Now, unlike skydiving, well, you've heard the saying, right? If at first you don't succeed, maybe skydiving isn't for you. Well, unlike skydiving, as Christians, we are to live the popular motto of at first you don't succeed, try, try again. We will often, daily, even multiple times a day, do things that are contrary to the will of God. What are we going to do about it? Well, Jesus' death was more than just a, a get-out-of-jail-free card for those who call themselves Christians. He did something new, something not seen since shortly after creation. His actions completely altered the entire world. You see, our, Lord's, our Lord couldn't conquer the entirety of death unless he paid for the entirety of the sin that brought it into the world in the first place. So what makes us different from the unbelievers? If he died for the sins of the whole world, what makes us any difference from those who don't believe that he did it? Well, just that. We believe he did it. We're not only saying, gee, yeah, some guy Jesus, I think, died for me, even though I don't see why he had to. No. We actually believe that we were enslaved to sin, that we were powerless against it, we could not free ourselves, and that we were all bound for eternal death, an eternity of suffering in hell. That's what we deserve for our sins, and we know that. We not only appreciate what he did for us on our behalf, but we rejoice that by doing it, we will one day live with him forever in paradise. We know this. We confess this. And as a result, we also know that we are called by God to live holy lives in response. We are called by Jesus in today's gospel lesson to repent, to change our whole life for the better, much like the fishermen who he called afterwards, who left their old lives behind, literally dropping their nets and saying bye to their dad and following Jesus off the beach. Their entire livelihood, all that they knew in the rearview mirror. He has called us not to hide our light under a bushel, not to lose our saltiness, but instead to stand out, to be different, and dare I say occasionally even, yes, be embarrassed by the fact that we live for something more important than peer acceptance or social inclusion. We live for our eternal God. But how successful are we at that? Well, we're not. I know I'm not. And we know that as a result, we will always need his forgiveness. And that is where the whole recycling thing comes in. We are used up, spent containers. We are only sinful shells of the perfection that God had created in his image in the Garden of Eden. But when we repent, God takes that crumpled tin can, straightens it out, polishes it up, cleans it out, and fills it up again. Through the waters of baptism, we are made new. We are reformed and filled with the Holy Spirit. But more than that, he's remade us out of material that can be remade again and again and again. 
And as Luther states in his explanation of that sacrament, we should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new person should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. That is what baptism does for us. It clears the way for the third R in today's spiritually recy- spiritual recycling lesson. Repeat. Why? Because all of what I just said, all the great advice and biblical imperatives that I've shared aren't going to change the fact that you're going to do it again and again and again. I'm going to do it again and again and again. That's what being a fallen sinner means. No matter how hard we try, no matter how earnest our repentance and how dedicated our attempts to change are, we will always fall short. But that's not a reason to despair. No, unlike the material things in this world today, we don't fade away. Sure, we get older and break down, but we don't become unreusable. Christ's sacrifice on the cross was not for only one or two sins. It wasn't just for the inherent sins we were born with into this world, as someone have you believe. It wasn't even just for all the sins that you committed up until that point either. It was, as Scripture describes it, once for all. When Jesus said, it is finished, he meant it. All our sins, the big and the small, were fixed to that cross by the nails that held our Lord's hands and feet to that implement of torturous death. Not just the sins of your past, before that point, but also the sins of your future. All sins of the world were paid for by our Lord's death. And so each time we ask for forgiveness, we are renewed, and we can be certain of it. Not refurbished, not revamped, not just given a new coat of paint. We are renewed. Each time we come before our Lord and receive His grace, we are recreated into His child. And then He sends us back out to go and share that good news, that gospel with others. The repeat is made possible because of that sacrifice. That sacrifice that we joined into through the waters of our baptism. When we were buried with him, as St. Paul explains, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Through God's love for us, he has made it possible to repent and return as many times as is needed. And even more than that, so that we can call ourselves his children, not just in name, but in actuality. And this, well, that's the main reason you're here this morning, isn't it? You've come to this depot today, not for a refund, but for a renewal and a refill. You're here for the forgiveness of your sins and strengthening of your faith through the very means which he has promised to use to accomplish this amazing feat, his word and sacraments. You're also here for the reminder that you are not alone in this disposable world, and that you yourself are not disposable, but are instead part of something much bigger, something eternal, the very kingdom of God. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.